All right, I want to welcome everybody back to our second podcast, the Bethel Podcast, and uh, this is a new uh, idea we have, just sort of experiment and see how it goes. Podcasting is pretty popular today, and what's in the vision of my heart is to uh, do something here by way of uh, getting to know people in our church, hearing some people's testimonies, some of the ministries that people are a part of, so some things that maybe we wouldn't take time out on a Sunday to do, a little bit behind the scenes. From time to time, I want to maybe elaborate on one of my messages or bring a, a bit of a devotional or something, but a lot of it is a get-to-know-people, and uh, I'm really glad today that we have someone who's no stranger to anybody who comes to Bethel, but that is Stephanie Courtney. So welcome, <laughs> Stephanie. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so everybody knows Stephanie. Uh, if you've come to Bethel any time, she's our main worship leader gives direction to our whole worship team. And at some point, I'd like to have Stephanie back down the line to just talk about worship. But before we even get into that, um, just want to find out a little bit about Stephanie Courtney that you may not know. Here you see this young woman up on the platform <laughs> worshiping God. Young, yes. Very good. <laughs> and of course you're young. It's all perspective. And, um, but, and probably know that she's married to Caleb. And four children. Yes. Yep. Four kids. Olivia. Yes. Samuel. Samuel. Marcus and Joel. And Joel. Very yeah. good. <laughs> so what can we what can we learn about Stephanie that people don't already know? Oh. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. Uh, you were born in in the in the Wallaceburg Hospital. The bustling metropolis of Wallaceburg. Right. I was born there. Uh, and I grew up on a farm outside of Wallaceburg. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I am originally part of the the Hazard clan. Maybe you right. don't know that my maiden name was Hazard. And um, so we have long church history connections. Yep. Um, so your whole, all your growing up was in the Wallaceburg church, Bethel Wallaceburg yep. church. Yep. I grew up there. Were uh, you a worship leader in the Bethel Wallaceburg church? Uh, when I was older, yep. yes, I led at youth. Um, well, actually, I uh, lived during the days of solos and specials. Right. Uh-huh. So, Those are great days. we got to bring them back. <laughs> nope. <laughs> so my mom actually grew up, uh, well, when I was growing up, my mom always was doing specials and singing at weddings. She was very musical. So when I was about 11, I started singing with her. Wow. So I wouldn't say worship leading, but right. we would sing so together. So your first singing in church was at age 11. Uh, yeah, somewhere around in there. Okay. Yeah, about now, six. I started even before you, because I think I was five when I sang my first solo in church. Oh. <laughs> well, uh, maybe I sang when I was six, a kid. I don't remember. Something like that. And it wasn't just for a Christmas thing. It was like an actual solo. Anyway, and Trisha, <laughs> my sister, I think she began singing, which she says she doesn't sing, and I haven't heard her sing in years. But I think she was about 11. She's a duet to the song by Petra, More Power to You. Oh. <laughs> Oh, probably to a track. <laughs> yeah, to a track. <laughs> and I'm guessing she was about 11. Uh, and uh, awesome. it was in, actually in Brandon, Manitoba. Maybe she, yeah, she's probably going to hate that I'm even talking about this. But Trisha has hidden skills. I need does. to hear I need to hear. So her So we singing. need to hear, maybe you and Trisha could do a duet sometime. <laughs> maybe. That would be awesome. <laughs> That'd be funny. So Wallaceburg Church doing specials. Yeah, and then... Uh, started playing keyboard, maybe. Yep, it's yep. true. I started playing keyboard, and those were the days where we had a piano, an organ, and a little 
bitty keyboard beside the piano for anyone right. who was learning. And we actually had a like a band on stage, like a woodwind band. I okay. actually started playing saxophone when oh. I was younger in the band on stage okay. for service. <laughs> that's, that's interesting you say that because we're actually planning a Christmas part for a saxophone. Oh, though, don't ask me. <laughs> there are no, much better. I'm just players teasing. Out there. Okay, very um, good. Do yeah. you still play saxophone at all? I do not. No, oh, I do not. Very good. <laughs> um, so, yep, did worship leading. Worship leading became a thing kind of in youth. And right. uh, so all through my life, just found sort of wherever I landed, I was doing some sort of music ministry. Right. Um, and then you pursued yeah. a teaching career. Yes. So yes. professionally, yeah. I am a teacher. Yeah. Um, I did my degree at... Uh, Western University, and actually before I went to Teachers College, this is where Caleb and I cross, oh. uh, because I had to go pick up a few more credits, so I went to Laurier, Wilfrid Laurier in Waterloo to do that, and lived with my cousin, and uh, I thought it would just be a fun year away, and it was a fun year away, and she was involved in a worship team on campus, and um, Caleb, this, I didn't know Caleb then, but he was like the leader of her team. Okay. So then when she said, hey, Caleb, my cousin, Steph's living with me this year. Do you mind if she joins our team? Yeah. And he's like, well, can she sing or play? And she's like, yeah, yeah, she can do that. <laughs> so then that's how we met. We crossed paths. Oh, and yeah. was it love at first sight? Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> he no. was dating, well, oh, he, he was, was dating, dating someone. someone oh. So it was like at first sight. And then we were became friends, right. and I thought that's too bad he's dating someone because uh, I think we'd be good together. Uh, and then that's I a just, nice thought. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, uh, unfortunately, that relationship ended uh, between Caleb and this other person. You say unfortunately. Unfortunately, fortunately for me. Yes. Unfortunate. Well, I guess it's all fortunate. Okay. So yeah. Wow. So we started dating. We dated for four years. We're glad you're together. Oh, yes. Well, me too. <laughs> four years. And yep. then you got married. Yep. And I've seen a couple wedding pictures. And I know in your wedding, there was a real funny moment with the kiss. When the minister yes. says, you may kiss your bride. Yeah, that's Kayla true. Kayla gave you a kiss and... Yes, our wedding party, yes. just the boys and the minister, held up, um, like, signs. Right. Like, 5.9, right. 6.0. Like a score. Yeah. Right. It was really funny. There was no 10s. <laughs> I think the highest score was 6, so. The minister held up a 6, so okay. I'm going with, it was a score out of 6. Okay, very good. Yes, that was funny. Yes. That was a funny moment. I forgot about that. <laughs> wow, awesome. And you guys have been at Bethel here now for, I think you guys arrived here in 2005. Yeah, so we were married in 2005, and yeah. I was already teaching here, and Caleb had just graduated from Teachers College. Right. And uh, I said to him, wherever you find a job that is, you know, the thing for you, it's in your wheelhouse, like, I'll move anywhere, Um and uh, he tried for different positions all around Ontario and actually went for an interview at Skits High School. And uh, they he landed here. He was one of two school teachers hired in the school board that year. Okay. Yeah. So we were like, oh, okay, Sarnia, Sarnia. it is. And we landed in Sarnia. I already right. had a teaching contract. 
and we started coming now, to Bethel. Be in that quite fall. familiar with Sarnia, I'm sh- I would think living in Wallaceburg, you'd come up here once well, in a while. Well, yes, I mean, the if mall I, oh something. yeah, the mall. Like, <laughs> if you wanted to have a big shopping day, you right. for in Wallaceburg, you go to Sarnia. Yeah. Like that's just obvious. It's for the entertainment and excitement. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, yeah true. <laughs> yep. So Very we, good. Yeah. So wow, and right away got involved in worship here. Yeah. So 2005, that's like... Uh, 14 years. 14 years. Wow. That's true. It's been a long time. Yeah. Good time. But good. We're so blessed to have you guys yeah, leading you. us and helping us. And then obviously last number of summers doing camps. Mm-hmm. So you guys are like the energizer. <laughs> Keep going and going. Mm-hmm. Like you'll do like 65 services or something in <laughs> no. 20 days. Uh, <laughs> no, that is a gross exaggeration. Not much of an exaggeration. Uh, like last summer we were, yeah. I forget, yeah. like 30 something services in yeah. three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> but that was enough. That was enough. So it was, was off good. by 10 now. No. <laughs> okay. No, Wow. And then, so man, when you come back here, it's like you're on vacation. <laughs> sort of. Only leading twice leading. a week. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, what I want to talk with you about is, um, so obviously you live a bus- pretty busy life. You have uh, four children to, yep. to manage. Yes. <laughs> and then on top of that, Caleb to manage. <laughs> Such hard work. (laughs) (laughs) And then, of course, your role in uh, just leading our worship ministry here and leading the teams and putting that together. And uh, I know, I don't know what currently, but I know over the few years you've done some substitute teaching and at times and different things. Maybe that's on hold right Uh, now. No longer. I'm no longer employed by the school board. Okay. But that's okay. Um, (laughs) Anyway, um, but you're living a pretty busy life, but you got an interest in the pregnancy center. So my question is to you, what even triggered that thought in you to get involved with the pregnancy center? Why would you want to even volunteer in that? Um, Just kind of the first, uh, you know, desire to get involved with that. What what was... Yeah. Well, um, I didn't know the pregnancy center existed, uh, really. Um... It was about 10 years ago when actually Grace Delaire from this church said to me, uh, just she made an offhanded comment one time, uh, hey, Steph, have you ever heard of the Pregnancy Center? I think you'd be really good there, just connecting with young women. And I had Olivia at that time. She was not yet two, and I was pregnant with uh, our second baby, and I just thought, well, that's a nice thought. I do have a heart for women, uh, but it certainly wasn't the season in life that would really, I wouldn't be able to do that easily. So in truth, I just forgot about it. Like it was a comment. I thought, oh, that's interesting. And then it left my mind legitimately for like six years. And I don't remember exactly what sparked the thought, but a couple of years ago, maybe four or five years ago, the thought just kind of uh, like resurrected in my brain. Really right. and truly out of nowhere. <laughs> and sure. I just But you thought, may not oh. even had that thought if Grace hadn't said something even Right. I was ago. definitely a seed. Definitely right. a seed. Right. And I know how God's wired me to connect with people one on one, particularly women. Uh, and and I'm a teacher. And so all those things roll into how I know God has wired me. So I was definitely interested in the idea, but hadn't really thought about the possibility. And then um, Caleb and I moved away to Markham for one year. He did his uh, master's degree at Tyndale. And the year that we were living there, uh, by then we had had our fourth baby. And I 
I don't know. The thought kept circulating around in my mind that when we came back to Sarnia, we knew we were going to be gone for a year, but that I needed to connect at the center. And I didn't know what that looked like. It was just like, I need to connect at the center. So we came back in 2016 and um, the summer. And when my kids got back into school and we sort of landed and settled into September, I gave the center a call and (laughs) it felt very out of the blue. I didn't even know what to say. I just said who I was and that um, I would like to talk to somebody about the possibility of volunteering, that I felt like God dropped it in my heart, and that was that. So I made an appointment. Great. Yeah, it was actually very divinely appointed. So you made an appointment, went and saw the director, I assume, and just, uh, yeah. So I just, I said, I didn't even know. I just showed up there. I said, I don't even know what you do here. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Uh, but I'd feel led to connect here was my word. Just, okay. I need to connect. Here so somehow. what, what did they do to get you started? Well, so first of all, uh, we, they told me about the ministries they had, um, talked a little bit about what daily life looks like there, what kind of phone calls we get, what kind of clients come. And, um, and then, uh, they asked me sort of what, like, where did I see myself fitting into all of that? Right. And where my area of interest was and what I felt God had gifted me in. And so after discussing all of that, they thought I would be good for a peer counselor role. We okay. now cl- call that a client advocate. But the idea is to be meeting with the clients sure. uh, one-on-one or if a couple came in or whatever. And right. I would be sitting in with them. And uh, so then I then they train you. Like right. okay. there's a training program that you work through. Yep. So you're not just thrown in there. Right. Um, I learned so much in that training about listening to people, really listening to people, hearing what they're saying even when they're not saying it. And our role there is not to offer all this kind of wise advice. We're there to be a support. We're there to listen. Mm -hmm. We're there to ask some good questions. And our hope is that as we ask questions and explore things with the clients, that they would be able to see for themselves. Right you know, what kind of decisions they need to be making, what next steps. We help with, like, community advocacy, so maybe they need to be in connection with housing so we can line that up for them or... So instead of an approach of just, like, telling them this is what you should do and almost, like, preaching at them or something... Yeah, no, there's very little It's more to listen and almost, like, be a coach, right? Just asking good questions. Mm -hmm. So then in that discussion, because how valuable it is for, for all of us in life just to have sometimes a listening ear and then just some good questions where it just helps you articulate it and like think through the processes and then you're, you're coming to a decision right? and, but you've been helped along the way and then you kind of own it a little bit more because like Mm -hmm. it's a decision you feel like you've made instead of being forced upon you, right? And our goal is that these clients would be uh, move from a place of dependency to where they're now able to self-advocate for themselves in the community and uh, make responsible decisions for themselves, not because someone else has told them they should do that, but right. because they've come to some sort of realization like, right. oh, I really need to take control over whatever right. situation, so how I can help myself. Women, and not just women, but yep. even men. Yep. yep, we see lots of men. Because uh, they're part of it too. Yep. But they're in a bit of a crisis situation, and maybe they only can see like one way, or like you know, this mm-hmm. is like, or maybe they don't even see one way yep. to uh, what to do with a pregnancy situation. They're just kind of lost, yeah. and you're there to kind of help them through all the different yeah. possibilities and supports and all that. Yeah. So just taking a step back, because you said when you first called and mm-hmm. first went, 
you had like kind of no idea what even the pregnancy center did. Right. So I would think there's some people listening that may have a little bit of idea, but probably quite a few that were like you. And okay, I know there's a pregnancy center. I know they help women. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, obviously that are have become pregnant and and mm-hmm. need some support, right. but not really sure what. So can you just kind of outline all what the pregnancy center does? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, so it originally started with with a heart and the intent to help people in crisis pregnancy situations. Uh, but the, the reality is, is we don't see a ton of that. Like, we mm-hmm. see some of that. Um, most of our clients that come to us are coming for prenatal education um, or parenting education. That mm-hmm. would be our major client base, even with the men that are coming. Um, like, maybe they have temporary custody of a child or they have some sort of access to their children and they're in need of showing, um, you know, some other organization, like, hey, I'm getting some parenting help. So we actually do a lot of parenting, a lot of prenatal work. And our clients, as they come for education, then have access to our material room. So we have materials, anything to do with baby, anything to do with maternity. When you say uh, material, you're talking like just information? Mat- n- no, like material, like diapers, formula, oh, okay. Okay. clothes, shoes. And that's available just for free for people that need that support? Yeah, so the idea is as they come for education, then they sort of earn that privilege to be able to access, we call the care closet. Some people come to us in desperate need, and and they're not a client, um, but they they need formula today, or they need something. And so, of course, we help them and try and encourage them to come back. Right, Uh, it's not like a free store. No, no, yeah, (laughs) no, no. So so we do a lot of that. We do... um, we do options counseling, and so that is where we deal with people who are in a crisis pregnancy situation. They have just, like, sometimes people come to the center and they take a pregnancy test and they discover they're pregnant, and then they have a, they're in a safe place to have a little bit of meltdown right. and just say, oh, my goodness. So we just help them process. When people come in crisis, our main goal is just to get them talking to make them feel safe, to make them feel comfortable, to make them feel not judged whatsoever. Um, And we do walk through the three options that they have. I would say most times people come and they say, like, I just don't see another way except for to have an abortion. And so we try and um, we need to know what that looks like in Sarnia. And we do because we're an educational facility. Our part of our goal is to educate. But we also know what it looks like um, to pursue adoption in Ontario or what parenting looks like in Ontario and what supports are available for parenting. So our goal with those types of clients are to help them to take a step back and to see that they actually have more than just one choice. Because often in a crisis... You just feel like the only way I have is out of this, and the only way out is to have an abortion, to terminate this pregnancy. Mm-hmm. They don't even realize that there are other uh, options in, now, in it Now, would you say available. that there is a lot of support out there for people that are looking, like, need it, and they can find it, or is there a lack of support? In the sense of Like, if somebody wants for... to, like, not go the route of abortion, but... Oh, yeah. Uh, like, adoption, yeah. or, or even just keeping the child. But, yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. There's, there's lots of... There's lots of community support. So something yeah. we help our clients realize are... We help them uh, sort of mine out what supports do you have in your life. So maybe people in their lives they haven't really thought of, but 
that they could rely on because they are going to need support no matter what decision they make. Um, And we talk about what community supports are out there, what government supports are there. So they see that, you know, should they choose the parenting option, there are supports for them that they can access. Now, they need to advocate for themselves and to to seek those things. But we try and help them see that that's a possibility. Sure. Yeah. And then also post-abortive situations. Yep. And so... Do you find you're seeing some of that? Yep. I would say that we're seeing more. Um, We do have people that... um, It's a really difficult thing. It's a really, really difficult thing. It's a trauma that people go through for a host of reasons. The reasons why people choose that option are so varied um, and it affects them in such different ways. And so we often see people come and they're interested in getting help and we might start on the process and then maybe we don't see them for quite some time because it's very difficult to work through deep issues. And it's a little scary. And we do it gently and we do it slowly and we have a program um, that really... Uh, lays out the process, ah, but it those things run so deep, and right. they can be very scary and intimidating. And many times, people don't want to face their anger or their shame or their disappointment or whatever it is they went through, and so they often kind of drop off the face of the map. Now, I think you've told me that the press center is kept quite busy. Oh, it's so busy. So busy. I yeah. have been there three years. I've never seen it busier. Okay. Uh, most days. So we're open Monday through Thursday for five hours a day that we're open to clients. Um, And nearly every day is booked solid from opening to close. Like, it's never been so busy. And uh, many people may not know that the Pregnancy Center is is not government funded. No. It's solely by the donations of churches, individuals. I don't don't know anybody else. Maybe there's other groups that support it, but primarily those two, right? Yeah. yeah, there are a few businesses. Yeah, yeah. businesses or yeah. individuals. Yeah, so, yeah. Um, so the need's great. So if somebody's listening, and say, you know what, I'd like to get involved in some way, but I don't really know if I have the gifting or like maybe a bit intimidated by being a peer counselor. Yep. There's other yep. supports yep. with maybe even not directly working one on one with people, but just mm-hmm. uh, helping in the resource room or, yep. or like yeah. Yep. So yes, yeah, so uh, peer support, uh, like I have the privilege of doing is one way, but if that's not your cup of tea, uh, we are looking for like front desk receptionists. When you walk into the office, there's a front desk there and there we want to have, you know, a friendly face there to greet anyone who walks in. Um, so that includes things like taking phone calls, helping with mail outs, um, showing clients to their, to the counseling room, offering, you know, a bottle of water or a coffee. Right. Uh, just so it includes a little bit of contact with the clients, um, not the counseling portion, uh, but just like a gentle hello and, um, and showing kindness and also sort of general office type tasks. So that's like an upfront job. Um, and if somebody really didn't want to be seen by anybody and just wanted to be behind the scenes, um, our care closet that I was speaking of earlier needs constant maintenance. We constantly get donations that need to be processed and okay. cleaned and washed and laundered and folded and organized. So and it's actually a big job that we so need help the, with. The Pregnancy Center welcomes donations of yep. cribs and So we can't take cribs, cribs. Le- legally. Okay. In fact, 
I don't think anywhere in Sarnia can take cribs. Right. Uh, and the same with car seats. I know. And as soon as the same with car seats, right. we can't take. There's just legal restrictions, but we can take um, Baby high chairs, toys. strollers, right, okay. um, clothing. We take clothing up to three T in size: shoes, hmm. sleepers, blankies. Okay. Um, so all that maternity clothes, folding, cleaning. Yep. Yeah. All, yeah. Um, can men also volunteer? Um, we do or have couples? some. Okay, so currently, um, like, is there some maintenance situations? I realize in the if there's a woman coming in peer to peer counseling, you know, more likely it's going to be a woman with yes, a woman. Yes, yeah. right, yeah. Um, we do have one man that volunteers because we had some dads. We had a season where we had a lot of couples coming, and these dads needed some connection. And okay. so this man from another church in the city felt on his heart like I would really like to get these guys together and connect with them. Sure. And that kind of waxes and wanes. Like, they have yeah. seasons where lots of guys come, and sure. we're sort of into a season where we're seeing a lot more men, so we're trying to kind of get that going. But they don't meet at the center. They meet okay. off-site. Okay. Like, they're meeting at uh, Tim Hortons or something sure. or at sure. someone's home. Sure. Um, so we currently don't have men uh, volunteering in the office. It's a very... We just have to be sensitive because we never know who's coming in the door. Sure. Just asking the question. <laughs> yeah. We have had teams. We've had some teams from local churches who have come to do some maintenance, say, on a Saturday. Okay. Like, they want to volunteer some time. And yep. we just moved into a new building, building last year, so there was some shelving that needed to be done and painting. Yep. and. Where is the Prancy Center located? I know where it is, but actually for a long time, I didn't even know where oh, it was. Oh, yes. So it's right on the corner of Exmouth Street and Oxford. It's right across from kind of where um, Northgate Shoppers is, and there's a like a kind of a bar and pub called Boulevards, and we're right across the street from there. Right. So Oxford Street um, is the sort of north-south road, and right on Exmouth. Right. Yeah. Very good. So it's been a uh, good experience for you. Oh, yeah, I love yeah. it there. So, I mean, obviously yeah. uh, you're providing some support help. Yeah. What has it done for you personally, just being there, like, what has it done? Like, has it made you more aware of situations, uh, more how to deal with people? Oh, uh, well, all of those things. Okay. Like, um, it has made me, uh, I mean, I, I'm good at empathy already, but really to enter into some situations that when you walk beside people and they're going through situations that are actually unimaginable, right. how to be able to listen compassionately and, and, um, you know, like people who feel that they need to have an abortion really, really feel like there's no other way. And it's really easy to stand back and to sort of judge, well, people shouldn't do that. And I'm not advocating that people should. But when you enter into people's circumstances, you're just better able to understand the pressures that they're actually facing. Right. And I just think, like, that's what Jesus did. Like, right. he, I just think of how he treated some of those stories of women in the Bible and the women caught in adultery and the women at the well and he didn't cast judgment. He was soft with them. He spoke truth and love and sent them on their way to make their decisions. And um, so, so I it's would helped think, me to be I would think even more. in situations where a woman is thinking about abortion, you know, as a Christian community, we would, we would not be supportive of abortion because we believe yeah. life begins at conception. Mm -hmm. But um, like for some of these women, and you can say otherwise, but I'm pretty sure I, I'm mm -hmm. correct on this, like... It's not like necessarily they're coming from an evil heart or something. Like no. for some, they might even be thinking, I'm doing the right thing. I'm doing the best thing yeah. or even the right thing, right? Yeah, and, sometimes, uh, yeah. Or, yeah, a lot of times out of fear or, or yeah. just circumstances. Yeah, uh, so many reasons. So the 
Uh, you know, the abortion issue is um, a very sensitive issue. Mm-hmm. What, what advice would you give to Christian people in just maybe how we communicate that truth and love? Oh, <laughs> I have very strong feelings about this. Okay. <laughs> um, I just... See, our number one mandate at the center is, like, non-judgmental. Right. We don't want anyone to feel. It's not our job to convince people of anything. Okay. It's, it's up to us to love, to support, to have a conversation, to educate. But the decision rests in the hands of the people who come in. And I think that we would do well to, first of all, recognize that when people are going through a crisis, that that's a legitimate Thing. It's very difficult to walk through those in those shoes. It's very easy to cast judgment from afar. Um, That's very true. And I think we need to guard our words. Like, I can't think of how many times I've seen stuff flying around on Facebook, and I type out this long response, and I just, I delete it. Because I, we cannot stand in the place of judgment. That is not our rule. Jesus does not call us to judge people for their decisions when they're in these sort of life crises and we just need to be gentle we need to be very careful and we also need to understand like in Canada the statistic is that one in four pregnancies are terminated and um, that means that this affects a lot of people and a lot of people don't talk about it it's a secret it's very easy people who are having trouble because they've made a a decision for abortion in the past struggle a lot with a lot of triggers a lot of shame a lot of guilt and we can unknowingly heap coal so to speak on that situation if we're not if we just don't guard our words um so mercy. I think God is the God of mercy and of grace, and we should be people when our language needs to be marked with mercy and grace right. towards the circumstance. Um, right. So it's not that we don't speak truth at times. No, yes. <laughs> but, we do need to uh, speak well, I shouldn't truth. say sometimes, all the time we yeah. should be speaking truth. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even um, the scripture, a couple of last Sundays, I've been using scripture from 1 Peter 3.15 that says, um, you know, sanctify, the, revere Christ in your heart, Always be ready to give an answer. Mm-hmm. So this is what the pregnancy starts looking to do. Give an answer. Like yep. give some yep. resources yep. for the hope that's in you mm-hmm. or the reason that's in you. Yep. But do it with gentleness and respect. Yes, right? Exactly. So I think that's kind of what you're saying in the, oh, uh, that we have to deal with people. Because to just, like you say, throw stones at people and just, um, you know, and I know it gets very political. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I'm not saying we don't take a stand at times. But, you know, if we're just throwing stones sometimes, like, we're not, we're just actually moving people further away from, from us and even maybe the truth, right? Yes, it really ostracizes women. That's I was, a good word. I was reading some studies when I was first being trained of how um, there were a couple of experiments done in some states where they changed their kind of pro-life language in their advertisements on TV not to necessarily, you know, say that you're killing a human life, but to actually care for the women. Because I think sometimes women are like, well, you're right. so concerned about this right. baby that I'm carrying and that's a human life, but what about me? And what about my crisis? And what right. about my situation? So when you're only caring about the baby and not caring about the mother, well, you're, you're ostracizing them. You're pushing right. away, like, the person that you need to be ministering to right. that ultimately, hopefully, is going to give you know, birth to this life. So we just, we don't want to push people away. And at the pregnancy center, 
we're especially in Canada, we're very careful to say we're more of like the pastoral branch of the pro-life movement. So you'll never see the pregnancy center out picketing for life. They'll right. never be marching right. because our goal is to remain in a neutral spot in the public eye so people will come. Right. If they feel that they're going to be judged, they're not coming right. to us. Right. So that's really important. We've had people come in before and just cross their arms and say, are you going to try and convince me? Are you going to try and convince me one way or the other? And I just say, no, like that, that's yeah. not what I'm here to do. Right. I'm here to talk. I'm here to provide a safe space. And well, so we have to be really talk, careful. You're here to talk, you're here to listen. Here to listen, yeah. Right. Here to educate, here to, here right. to support, here to hear It's you a very, out. very challenging because, um, you know, I think that there's a lot of... Um, misunderstanding about even the development. Now, thank, thankfully, over the last number of years with ultrasounds and 3D imagery and stuff, we're, we're being more and more educated society of, mm-hmm. you know, what's actually happening in there yeah. and, and uh, with That's human true. life and all that. So um, anyway, well, I really appreciate you taking this time and talking with us. Yeah. Okay. And so obviously anybody that's listening and they might have an interest to get involved with the Pregnancy Center, or even in just some fundraising or things, you know, or, or um, uh, they can talk with you. If anyone's been touched with the issue of mm-hmm. um, pregnancy or abortion, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, you're someone they could talk to, right? Yeah. Maybe they're just sure. dealing with it, not yeah. sure, or maybe even uncomfortable going to a pregnancy center, but they know Stephanie, and <laughs> and yeah, uh, sure. you, you would welcome anybody to approach you, and yeah, you, you're, you're a good listener. <laughs> Yes, a great singer and a great and a great listener. (laughs) Well, I really appreciate this. This is kind of the purpose. The purpose of this uh, podcast is to get to know people, and we want to have some fun with it. Today was a little bit serious in the subject matter, but another side of Stephanie and the ministry that God's called her to, not just in leading worship at Bethel and other ways as well through our church, but here is a a program in our community that's so important. And uh, so, I really appreciate Stephanie your service for the kingdom of God and. and uh, today, I hope that you're going to have a great day, a wonderful day. And let's just be reminded as we go about our day, you know, to uh, represent Christ well, to share the love of God, and to uh, be agents of mercy, right? Yeah. To people it's around important. us. So important. And, uh, and whatever we do that we need to communicate with, as the Bible says, with that gentleness and respect. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe like before we post certain things, and maybe now I'm talking to me, I don't know, but uh, before we post certain things or whatever, we got to just think, okay, is this coming across with mercy? Is this coming across with uh, love? Is this coming across with respect and not just, you know? Mm-hmm. So we all stumble at that sometimes in our passion for sometimes what we think is so important and truth and, and mm-hmm. rightfully so, but it's, you know, the Bible does say, speak the truth, but do it in love. So it's one thing to speak the truth. But you also have to do it in a way that's loving, respectful, and um, because, right, I mean, what good is if you're just pushing pushing those that you're trying to reach further away with, sure. with your words, right? Yeah. Well, so blessings, everyone. 